0: the truth should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid maybe maybe not maybe fuck yourself you're all a bunch of fucking assholes you know why you don't have the guts to be what you want to be you need people like me you need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say that's the bad guy clearly don't know who you're talking to so let me clue you in I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No, I am the one who knocks. everybody to another episode of the Righteous Prick Podcast. I am your host J.L. Covan. It is noon on Monday, December 20th in the year of our Lord 2021. I am coming off a fresh four hours of sleep last night because I was traveling back from Washington, D.C. after a mostly successful, very uh, pleasing trip to Washington, D.C. I'm going to spare you the details because I spent about Two hours writing the recap blog between the train ride home last night and this morning, uh, running on very little sleep. But I had to get home because I have a, draw, a job uh, uh, that pays me uh, inconsistent paychecks and health benefits. So had to get home for that. Couldn't I wanted to stay over Sunday night, hang out uh, with the the fans that showed up. And then just leisurely take like a nice morning a cell back, have some breakfast in the first class car. Coupon upgrade, not actually paying for first class. And um but just, you know, that that constant fear of losing a day job is a, a powerful motivation. Um, because on the other side of it is a comedy, which is a Uh, an abyss of occasional joy and mostly despair anyway we're in a good mood today no we are in a good mood it was it was really anybody who's listening to this and hopefully it's more than just a few of you thank you so much for coming out in dc a few sellouts mostly packed crowds but the friday late and the sunday were lightly attended, but overall, I think it was a successful week, uh, in many ways. And I, I tipped, I tipped the waiter, like he only had to get me one meal, but I, 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 I had him, uh, hook up a couple of people, uh, for me. And, um, I think I tipped him well enough because he was the only one who asked me, when are you coming back? And that's, you know what? That's that's It's the same way that I donate to a lot of charities, and I've gotten to the point in my life where the only people I get Christmas cards from are the charities I donate, but it still feels good. It almost feels like you have friends. Um, shout out to my friend, my good friend, uh, Pat Breslin, who, who does still send me Christmas cards with his delightful-looking children, who look like what's funny about my friend Pat. I don't know if he listens to it. He might occasionally, but his children, um, I've always joked, they look like Wahlbergs. They look like little Marky Marks, and if you look at him and his wife, my friend Pat and his wife, which you won't, but I'm just telling you, um, it makes perfect sense. Like They look like they would combine to form a Wahlberg, so I always find it funny, but very cute kids, very nice kids, so I get a picture of them and a card every year from Pat, so Pat, Pat's still my friend, but most, uh, most of my Christmas cards are now just charities saying, thank you so much for, for donating generously this year. And you know what? Uh, you know I love being a, um, you know a, 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 an influential philanthropist. Uh, but um, although seriously, this is like this is the first year I actually like basically tithed this year. That's how much I gave to charity. I, I went over the ten percent mark of income uh, to charity because you know, like I've always said, if you can't feel good about yourself try to make somebody else feel good i feel like that's the entire basis of the stand-up comedy well now it's not now it's more about i want a brand and success and i don't want a real job it feels like there's a lot of people in that game but real comedians i think it's it's just about delivering joy uh for others um like if santa claus was a miserable fuck but still delivered presents to everybody that's kind of the same ethos as a stand-up comedian um ho 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 fuck my life but here are some gifts that's jl sand jl claws how about that i don't know if you can hear that but the righteous girlfriend is um beating up chicken uh to prepare for cooking um probably just imagining it's me um talking about comedy again but anyway i don't know if you heard that but it sounded like there was construction going on in my uh she has she has a uh, she has a unique strength to her uh you know like I've I've always said she's unlike me in that she's very calm, very calm, very even keel. I joked with my friend yesterday. I said, um, yeah, we balance each other out. I'm an angry, angry, selfish asshole, and she's not. And, you know, we really balance each other out that way. (laughs) <laughs> but then sometimes you have to worry like well you know that is a balance technically but maybe it shouldn't just be about balancing your negative traits anyway um what was i talking about santa claus that was funny i don't know uh once again uh, not a, not afraid of losing track but um yeah so go read uh, the blog the blog is up uh, it took a lot of time to write it, but it 's a very detailed recap of uh of my my time in d c so it'll be a, a fun read if you've got like you know i i try to be the New yorker of comedy blogs it's like do you have nine hours to read a in an enlightening uh, journey into the world of uh road comedy then you might enjoy this uh so I saw two movies this weekend. They will be reviewed, for anybody who is a Making Podcast Great Again fan, they will be reviewed on the Patreon. Uh, Donald Trump will review the new Spider-Man film, and Mike Pence will review West Side Story. And um, both movies were were good, but I'm, as I say in the blog, uh, Spider-Man, as much as I'm, like, a hater... (laughs) I still I reluctantly saw cuz I I love the first two I love the Toby Maguire Spider-Man 1 and 2 from like 02 and 04 or whatever years they came out. I love I, I think those are two of the best comic book movies ever. I love them, I own them. And uh, so I I didn't even bother with the like I saw the first Andrew Garfield one and then like didn't like it at all. It was like this was unnecessary and not that enjoyable, so I skipped the second one. I've still never seen the second Andrew Garfield one and um So then I was like, oh, God, they're rebooting it again. You know, but I understood they wanted to get, you know, Marvel is now this monstrous, like, juggernaut. So they, you know, Spider-Man's obviously a very huge property that they wanted to incorporate. Um, So I reluctantly saw the the first Tom Holland one, and I loved it. I thought it was awesome. So that's only, like, four years ago. So it's not like I've been on this, like, fuck Marvel, bro. I just feel like it's run its course for me. You know, it's like, okay, I've seen, you know, three shows – 79 movies in the last 13 years I'm I'm good now I think Disney plus is where I'm going to sort of really main do my Marvel viewing because I feel like that's the only energy I want to expend on Marvel anymore so that's not me saying I won't watch them but I just I didn't enjoy the new one and I'm not even it wasn't it wasn't bad I'm not that's that's what's that's what sometimes people like I'm I've exhausted my sense of like nostalgia and wonder at like Oh Marvel. Oh, I remember though. Like it's it's it doesn't do it for me anymore. So so the movie has to be that's why I thought the first Spider-Man with Tom Holland was just excellent, like an excellent movie. And and it didn't hurt having such a great actor like Michael Keaton in the role, uh, like a very good, well-rounded villain role. This movie felt more like you know, just an ex- and and if, if you like it, you like it. That's fine. But for me, for me it just it's I'm not going to be leaving the theater going one of the greatest movies ever, A+, a plus, a+. plus. Anybody want to ask me my review? A+. plus. It was, it felt more like a nostalgia fest for things that were relatively recent. Like, do you remember when Andrew Garfield was Spider-Man seven years ago? <laughs> it's like, yes, yes I do. And nobody liked it. And yet we're all cheering in the theater like, yes, that's the Spider-Man I thought sucked. He's here. Yay. And then there was like a quote-unquote emotional part in the middle of uh, the Spider-Man movie, and the 11-year-old next to me began weeping, and it felt very performative. I know that's a bold accusation to accuse like a child of kind of playing it up, but in this day of social media and selfies and exploiting your children for likes on on, on, uh, social media – it felt very manufactured. Like he was like really sniffling and he was like, and then later in the movie, he, I heard him like lean over to either his brother or his mom. Cause it was like him, a sibling and then the mom. And he said something like that made me cry. Like, it was like, yeah, we heard you. Why, why are you letting us now? Like I wanted to call him out because I feel like 11 is, is sure. You can't be convicted of a crime yet, but you can be convicted in the court of JL opinion of being a performative little bitch and that's what the verdict would have been um and he kept talking during the movie so he was really kind of He kicked me four times because he was like too chubby like he was chubby so his like leg kept sliding off the, the the recliner um and kicking me and the third I let it go twice but the third time I said excuse me and he said sorry but then it happened again and then he said sorry again and then I actually felt bad this is my life folks I stand angrily and proudly for what is right but because I'm a giant with angry eyebrows, I tend to scare people into being polite, which I don't like. I want you to be polite because being polite is the right thing to do. And the kid said sorry. He said sorry twice. So like I, I, I but then the way he said sorry the second time, it felt like he thought I was gonna like beat him or do something wrong. And I not like not I'm not a, not like a serious, bit, but just like it was like sorry. And that's not the sorry of somebody like, oh, I did something wrong. That's the sorry of giant man, please don't hurt me. And I'm just like, that doesn't make me feel good either. Can everybody just do the right thing? Because it's the right thing. Not because I'm a big angry person. But anyway, Spider-Man, uh, no end in sight, as I'm calling it, was a long movie. Um, you know, I like Tom Holland and, and Zendaya. I think they're pleasant and, and have talent. Um, you know, there was nothing wrong with the movie. But I just didn't, um, and at the end of the movie, they sort of hint at doing something really big, and then it's not. Like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, oh, it was just an injury, even though you sort of made it look like it was like fatal. Oh, it was just an injury. Oh, good. Every okay, okay, good, good, good. I thought you were really gonna do something that might actually upset people, and not just this chubby apologetic kid next to me. But um, I would give it like, a, like the thing is on technical merits as like a a how the movie was made i'd be like oh this was like a you know an a minus in terms of like yes it was a a well executed comic book movie but for my enjoyment i was like b minus because i was like i i I just was i really felt like i wish i just waited for disney plus that that was my it wasn't that i was like i wish i'd never seen it but i was like you know this is a rare day of rest for me you know and and Eh I I probably could have, would have been happier in a Starbucks eating a cookie drink, drinking a tea and reading. So that would be my review of that West Side Story um uh was was very well done. Um although I was watching it for anybody who's seen it uh all I kept thinking, you know, Maria is like the main woman and her her brother's girlfriend is Anita. And all I kept thinking was, I would push Maria in front of a train to get to Anita. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was just sort of fixated on Anita every time she was on screen. I enjoyed her. Um, Ansel Agvord, whatever his name is, the dude from Baby Driver, who's the lead. He's Tony in this. Uh, He looks kind of like a a tall, low-budget Val Kilmer. But that's still – now, before you laugh at that, Val Kilmer in his prime was incredibly handsome, uh, and, and, and had a lot of sex appeal. So I'm, I'm merely saying this guy's like four fifths of a Val Kilmer. So that's actually pretty good compliment. Um, I think, but it was, it's just, it's a, it's a, you know, I, I find when, you know, I liked La La Land a lot. I'm not into like every musical, but I really enjoyed La La Land. I like all the big ones that have like been critical. Like Chicago was very good. Um, And I I think this was, you know, I I think it was very interesting uh, and applicable, like the way it was sort of made in terms of like, you know, it's still applicable, sadly, today, the kind of old bitter community who feels like they haven't gotten their shake, like there there was a very transparent without being heavy handed, I think there was a very clear parallel to sort of, yeah, angry white, (laughs) white voters and like new arrivals who aren't white kind of thing um but i liked it i like like the thing is i don't even know if it's a better movie than spider-man like like i said they're both well made but i enjoyed west side story much more so i would give west side story like the b plus as far as my full grade because i was just like yeah it was uh you know good good tunes love anita and uh you know just it was it was like pleasant and well made and 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 uh so, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's doing well at the box office or anything. And I don't know if I'm going to be seeing any movies live uh, because um, Omicron and Delta are, like, tag-teaming the country right now. And uh, I will do – I will only cancel my Chicago, L.A., San Jose, Utah trip if, like, it has to be canceled. Like, if, if it comes to, like, the venues are closing – or something then i'm not going to do it obviously but other than that i I refuse I'm, i'm triple vaxxed and i this is like this is a trip that i am dying to do on so many levels for vacation for the jazz for for shows for people who haven't you know been able to see me in two years um since since like i sort of blew up so yeah obviously if venues cancel and stuff then then i have no choice but i plan on maintaining those but the gig that i'm not like wedded to is Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, January seventh and eighth. Um, first of all, we're nineteen days from the uh, from the show, from the shows, and they still, as far as yesterday, hadn't put up a ticket link. And I now I feel like like I joked about this I think a week or two ago, but I'm like I'm sorry I'm being such a diva, but it's you know we're under twenty days to my show, and I have fans wanting to buy tickets. Any chance? And that's when you know you're dealing with kind of a shit outfit, like they don't care either they just comp tickets to the community or something but I don't I don't understand how you can have a comedy club and a performer has fans asking for tickets and you don't have a ticket link 19 days I haven't checked today to be honest but let's just assume 19 days before the show like so obviously you don't there's like you don't really care at all and you're also in central Pennsylvania which is like you know, Delta is like fucking running a train on Central Pennsylvania. So you know, you factor all those in. Like it's it's the only the thing working in in Harrisburg's favor to me is it's a weekend. Like it's a Friday night, Saturday night. So I have to, I don't have to use any vacation time. So it's all net. It's all net that gig. Transportation's cheap to get there, and uh, I get a hotel room. So it's like all it's 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 a no brainer. It's like it's the lowest hassle sort of gig that you could have but you also start to be like but does any, like what are these shows going to be any good like what the fuck what, what what are you doing like what kind of like third rate shit operation is this um yeah like i said i just don't think i, I try not to bite the hand that feeds me but it's like uh, you're not feeding me yet we're 19 days away from the show i've been asking for a month for a ticket link like what what, what gives um also your population is probably fat and maga and covid infected so that's also you know when you factor all those things in um there's a chance i will just cancel uh but i i don't want to cancel and i probably won't but you know if this shit keeps going like i'm not going into a fucking covid den for 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 people who couldn't put up a fucking ticket link three weeks in advance let alone two months in advance so that's an update. As far as the gigs, of course, the Diveshes, thats a—that's an old reference from a month or two ago. Um, the uh, the ones you got to look for, obviously, if you're in Chicago, Chicago, January 27th, big show. Uh, San Jose Improv, Chicago Improv, January 27th. Chica- uh, San Jose Improv, February 2nd. Bur- uh, Flappers in Burbank, February 6th. Uh, it's for all my Southern California people. Get the and get, for any of these shows, if you're if you're listening, I know the fan base for this is like a fraction of what it is for making podcast grading in, but you guys are much more hardcore fans. Uh, but if you are hearing this and you live in one of those cities or you have friends in one of those cities, uh, don't hesitate to buy the tickets. Obviously, if the shows get canceled, you will be refunded, so it's not a threat. Uh, of, like, wasting your money. But the the more the ticket sales go up for all these shows in advance, the better it looks for me and the less pressure it puts on me as we approach the showtimes. And then Jordan Jordan Landing uh, in Utah, just outside of Salt Lake City, at Wise Guys, February 10th. Uh, So those are all fun, important, big shows for me. Um, And then, obviously, I have my Showtime debut, drama debut. That should be either February 20th or February 27th, depending on whether Beans takes off uh, for the Super Bowl and it's episode five of season six um and then uh after that we're just trying to sell half blackface because obviously i know a lot of fans especially the ones who listen to this will will of course i would i think i'm safe in assuming would go buy it or rent it buy it um from an itunes or uh whatever platform it ends up on um but Uh, The goal is obviously to get it sold to a streamer because then you can expand the fan base. Like if I'm just selling it through iTunes, then it's going to be existing fans just putting a little bit of money in my pocket. But if it can get sold, first of all, that's probably more money in my pocket. And secondly, it will then expand my audience to people who either don't care for the impressions or don't know who I am and will see me uh, as a stand-up. And and I'm pretty convinced will really enjoy the shit out of what they see and, and find it to be... Uh, quite quite the strong offering. So that's that. Um, and then uh, the only other thing is my mother is having surgery tomorrow as well as you listen to this on Tuesday, my mother will be prepping for surgery. And um, we got in a bad news situation, we got the best possible version of bad news. So that was a, a major relief. Um, And in a crazy, crazy thing, if that news had not been good, I I went with my mom to the hospital for for several scans, took the day off from work. And then the next day, I I really am busy at work. But my brother has um, his own job and a a son that requires uh, a lot of uh, vigilance and attention. So there was a chance that I would have to go in again uh, last – whatever it was, Wednesday or Thursday. But I also had a phone in, a phone call with uh, um, a DC radio station just to promote the shows at, at 2 p.m. So if I was going in, which the plan was for me to go in, I wouldn't have been able to get home in time to do like a quiet call in from my apartment. I would have had to either delay the call or um, – you know, talk on the train or outside, which would obviously not be ideal for a, for a radio show. Edited out something briefly there. Uh, I wasn't going to identify uh, a person individually, but I just figured I, I, I sort of backtracked and said, man, no need for that anyway. Um, but the point is, my mom getting better than expected news was, had a trickle down effect that Um, could have impeded my ability to do the shows in an unrelated-to-my-mother event. So um, now she gets surgery tomorrow, and I just think, you know, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx it at all, um, but she is a combination of sort of lucky and tenacious. And it's just a crazy thing, my mom's health history. She's, She's, at this point, basically... She's the last survivor of her family. She's lived longer than anybody in her family. Her mother died young. Her father died, I believe, uh, before I was born, two years before I was born. Um, uh, Her brother just died in 2020 uh, of cancer. Her sister died uh, young (laughs) in the 50s. Her older sister died at the age of 24 uh, of cancer. And if all goes well, which, which all indicators are, you know, and, and her mother died of a gallbladder infection, which was, you know, in the 50s. That's a routine surgery, but it was an infection, um, and that's how she passed away, you know, when my mom was nine. But my mom, throughout my life, has literally sort of conquered everything that killed her family. She had gallbladder surgery when I was a teenager, and I remember sitting in the in the hospital with my dad going, why is mom so upset? Like, it was a kind of, you know, considered sort of a basic surgery, and that's when I learned. He was like, oh, that your mother, your, your, you know, your mom's mom died from an infection, you know, during a gallbladder surgery. So my mom had that happen, boom, has had both knees replaced. She's like RoboCop. Um, she didn't even tell me she had stage one cancer in, in when I was in law school. And she didn't even tell me, you know, that's her, her personality was like, I, I think my brother knew, but obviously I was in law school, so it was a lot of pressure. So I basically found out like when it was done, <laughs> like I'm going to have surgery tomorrow, cancer, but it'll be fine. Um, I guess she didn't want to worry me. And so she survived that. And because of this good news, it seems like, you know, so, so cancer killed her two siblings and she seems like she's going to end up surviving two bouts with cancer. And I know that's stupid to say, knock on wood. Um, but it's just, I, you know, I feel, you know, you guys know me all jokes aside. I'm a, I'm a praying type. And I just, I was like sort of saying, you know, I've been asking for a lot of comedy success recently, or at least just, you know, that I will be done if I'm supposed to be doing comedy. Could you give me a sign or give me some, some, some bigger, bigger, bigger opportunities, but also saying, and if it's not what I'm supposed to do, let's, let's, let's move on. Let's get it, get it, get some signs that, uh, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's time to put my skills or efforts into something more meaningful or more helpful to the world. But I just was like, you know what? forget comedy just get just take care of my mom let's get this done now I don't know if that was selfish like deep down inside I also want to forget comedy <laughs> so that's like really more of a two-for-one prayer like if you could take away uh the cancer but also the thing that makes me miserable but I'll pretend like it's a deep sacrifice lord that would be great but um yeah she's she's uh you know i i sometimes i once asked my shrink i was like can people overcome illness if their attitudes are just defiant and strong and she's like well you know sometimes that can help that can help to have a, a, a you know a, a certain mindset and energy and my mom's energy if you think i'm negative i mean it comes from somewhere but it also has been she's also just a very tenacious fighter and uh, there's been a lot of examples uh you know i As as I joke, uh, a high school educated woman um, married to a Haitian immigrant in the seventies, managing to to you know put a kid through Williams College, Northwestern Journalism School, and Georgetown Law School, and have a million dollar pension and own her own home by the time she retires. At the time, well, she owned the home a while for a while, but you get my point. There is a certain tenacity that I think stems from her mother dying early i think that that is the if there is one event that has shaped my family more than any other it's that um similar to how my mother is the most dominating force in my family that 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 comes from an early tragedy that i think just made my mom sort of think things are fleeting things can't be depended on so i have to do every i have to do every effort to feel in control and to put things on a path that fate won't be strong enough to derail, as, as crazy as that sounds. And that's the way she's, I think, approached parenting and life. Um, I wrote down a joke, um, not a joke, but just a statement when, I was, when we were more scared, I think, of when, when the prognosis seemed not good at all uh, a few weeks ago. I just thought of my mom, and I said, you know, they always say, oh, you yeah, ever, you're those stories of like, oh, the baby was trapped under the car, and the mother found the strength to lift the car. These apocryphal stories. My mom sort of approaches motherhood like every day, there's a baby trapped under a car, which can be extremely helpful and extremely tense. <laughs> but you know, I think it's 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 obviously it's coincidence, but it feels more than coincidence that my mom has just been this this rock that literally is surviving the things that took out the rest of her family. It's, it's, so, you know, I'll be reading a book and watching something on my, on my tablet that I download from HBO Max uh, while waiting in the hospital tomorrow. But uh, yeah, if you're, if you're a praying type, say, say a prayer, if you don't mind, if that's not too selfish or just good vibes. Uh, don't, don't, you know, you can DM me on a platform or like, uh you know uh that's but don't yeah i obviously i'm I'm putting this on the podcast but there's no need for like a, a big uh outpouring on social media I'm like what's wrong what happened what but you know the story you guys are the uh the tried and true fans so that's what's been going on uh so just knock on wood for for you know by the time you listen to this uh she might already be in surgery but we've gotten great news so far as great as it can be when you're dealing with something not great. Um, and you know, I think if whether that's prayers answered or just my mom's good fortune and tenacity, uh, hopefully it's a reason to be very happy. You know, uh, it's all cheesy, but like, you know, Christmas has become sort of a hassle for a lot of people. Obviously we, we all, most of us buy what we need. Um, anyway. So it becomes sort of like, what do you want? What do you need? What do you? And it's like, this is, you know, this is some, this was some, a real Christmas present. This was a real gift to, to get good news. So hopefully the good news continues and it's, it's a same day surgery. So, uh, you know, hopefully Christmas is a, is a, is a, you know, a great Christmas and for, for a deeper reason than a uh, cool presents or, something went up on a streaming platform. So that's it. That's the week. I guess that's the last time you'll hear from me before Christmas. So I think, uh, you know, I don't think I got too negative. It's hard to be, it's really hard to be negative when you're, when, when something so big has, has seemingly turned positive. So, uh, everybody out there who listens to this podcast, if you're in DC for my shows, thank you very much. Uh, you are appreciated. Hopefully I can see some of those people at other shows. But in January I'm going to start reaching out to a lot more clubs for like spring and summer dates. Because I am having knee surgery on March 2nd. So that will, that could potentially put me, that could sideline me from anywhere from two weeks to two months. And I won't 100% know until I'm already done with the surgery. But let's hope it's obviously the two weeks on a cane and not six weeks on crutches. But yeah, so I will be contacting a lot more clubs, but but you know, as we all know, mm, there's a couple of big things in the works for me and depending on the, how those go could really determine uh how far uh and where I go and how successful I can be in the next year or two. So big news though is is mom, so that is uh, you know, like I said, as negative as I can be. You can read the blog if you want to hear my ups and downs emotionally uh from my time in DC uh just jlcomedy.com just go to the blog it's the most recent one obviously but uh yeah i'm i'm grateful that's that's all you can really say is is grateful and i think that's obviously uh the best emotion maybe to have at this time of year so um everybody stay safe get boosted if you haven't gotten boosted let's let's not get delta let's not get omicron um and uh yeah thanks for listening and merry christmas if you celebrate and I will see you next Tuesday.